This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 7, Episode 19, The Pair's Promise. And let's start it off with an announcement you guys have all heard before. Today, May 15th, is the final day for you to submit your questions for post-game chatter for Series 7. Uh, We've been talking about this the past few weeks. You know what it is, and you know how to get in touch with us. So go ahead and listen to this episode, and then send all your questions in. If you send a question in for post-game chatter, we will answer it. And that is the only announcement we have today. So let's move on in to Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This Words with the GM is about Series 7, Episode 18, Raising the Stakes. A really, really fun episode, uh, both a dramatic and an action sequence. That's always really great. (laughs) And it ended on a really uh, intense kind of cliffhanger note. Right after our victory in stealing the Bernoulli ship, uh, Isabel gets plucked off and pulled into the river. And there's actually an interesting point about that that the audience is unaware of because uh, when I was editing the episode, I chose to kind of cut it out for the sake of the narrative. Uh, But there was actually a table discussion that revolved around Isabel being taken from us. You, you actually specifically said to us, Hey, I have a thing I want to do. It might be unfair. If you guys think it's unfair, I won't do it. Uh, and we all were on board. We're like, yeah, definitely. That sounds cool. That's that's great. We love we love what that means for the story. But I, I thought it was really interesting that you you kind of gauged the table before you you pulled the trigger on that. Yeah, actually, that's something I use at my table from time to time when um, there's a narrative or story idea that I think is really cool, but feels like a loss for the players that they couldn't have stopped. Um, At my table, I always try to make it a a team effort. We're all telling a story together. I may know most of the story, hopefully, um, but uh, the players are also part of the, the storytelling atmosphere. And to do something like, hey, you guys just had a big win. It's really exciting. Good stuff is about to happen to you. Also, you lose. Um, Feels kind of crappy when 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 a GM will do that, especially if it feels like undeserved or there's really no way to get around it. Basically, when I come up with these kinds of ideas, I will stop play, give the players sort of a, a bare bones idea of what's about to happen um, and say, this is this is my plan. Um, it is not the end of the world, but it is a minor loss. If you guys aren't OK with it, then um, let me know. We can talk about it. It can be undone. This isn't what has to happen, but I think you guys are really going to like it. And that way people can sort of like brace for impact, if nothing else. Um, And I think it it breeds a lot of trust that could otherwise be lost. Again, an RPG table can turn into a a GM versus the players. You know, it's a it can run a high risk of a somebody wins, somebody loses atmosphere. And that's not 
not the way I prefer to run my tables. So I, I like to be open and honest about the the lo- the inevitable losses that like nobody can stop. Yeah, and utilizing this trick lets your players know that you're you're doing something like this with purpose. And really, uh, the way to maintain trust between GM and player is for the players to believe the GM is doing things with a purpose. One thing I will say, though, about this tactic is while it definitely breeds trust around the table, um, you as the GM have to be ready with something else in case the players are like, oh, man, that's so unfair. We work so hard to get that stone or climb this mountain or whatever um, it is that they're they're achieving or trying to achieve. And and they aren't interested in your in your, you know, uh, stick it to them plan uh, and be ready with a backup plan that may not be as cool, but understand that a lot of times your players want to just flat out succeed and not uh, succeed with a cost. So when you have this conversation, the three really important things are, one, make sure to have the conversation. Uh, two, be ready for your players not to be cool with like this like losing element. And three, to pull the trigger um, and have a follow through on uh, what's ha- uh, what you're planning on happening. If you pull the trigger and you don't like it because your players react a way that you're not anticipating, um, you have to be able to roll with it anyway. Um, and that's the sort of third element of this whole thing is that uh, when you give your players a peek behind the curtain, sometimes they're a little bit more prepared than you think they're going to be. And they'll surprise you, which can lead to some really interesting storytelling moments as well. But again, it's a great technique and I highly recommend you use it. So the other question I have for you is what was your favorite part of raising the stakes? I have a real soft spot for Isabel. Um, and so while there wasn't necessarily just one moment um, that I really loved more than anything else, the most fun I had behind the screen um, throughout this whole campaign really was um, trading quips and barbs with Bastion as Isabel. Um, I love her to death and uh, she's uh, playing her has been a a real treat. So that's my favorite moment. There's a whole bunch of great um, witticisms that I get to say as her because she's way wittier than I am. (laughs) Um, What about you? What was your favorite moment? Uh, Well, the auction sequence in general was just great. That dramatic sequence was a ton of fun. It felt very fun and also heroic for us to be like manipulating this charity auction and making this villain pour so much of his money into it just to get the thing that we were going to steal from him later. (laughs) Um, But the best part of it was when uh, at the very end to just to finish off the Bernoulli spends too much opportunity track. Kirill's smooth move where he uh, he makes a bid and tips his hat to. Bernoulli revealing that underneath his hat he's hiding the Numenari icon that pairs with the Vestan icon. Oh my god. It was, I mean, you can hear the reaction that everyone had. (laughs) All of us were like damn! Like, it was just so savage. Uh, So definitely that's my favorite moment. Yeah, it was a really good one. I definitely laughed, even though Bernoulli was pissed. (laughs) (laughs) But, presumably, the Vestan Navanyar 
idol is on the boat we just stole. So we finally are in a place with both the Numenari icon and the Vestmanavanyar one. So I'm really interested to see what happens next. Uh, so let's move on in and listen to Series 7, Episode 19, The Pair's Promise. Enjoy! I am Bastion Corazon. I hail from the Castilian city of Odysseia, home of the duelist tournament known as the Festival of Swords. Watching swordmasters all over the world compete inspired me at a very young age to take up the blade. Once I was old enough, I joined the Explorer Society as a means to travel to Avalon and study under the masters of the Skaldas Klisa style. However, earning entry to the duelist guild was not enough for me. I have spent nearly two decades since traveling the world, testing my blade against masters and villains alike. Most recently, I have found myself aboard a pirate ship, accompanying a man I consider a brother, Goodbrand Strandbella, on his journey to Numa to uncover lost artifacts. One day I hope to truly master the way of the sword, unlock his secrets, and eventually settle down and found a duelist academy to teach a style of my own making. Until then, I will continue to travel the world and learn what I can the way I know best, crossing blades with skilled duelists brave enough to face me. Good friend Strandavella, and it is very good to meet you. Please don't be too alarmed from my appearance. I am a Skald Vala, a keeper of runes, a finder of lore, a protector of the legacy of Vestan Manavanyar. This may seem like a lofty title, but I promise modern Vestans appreciate far more the achievements of their fighters and their merchants. With the founder of a notable merchant's guild for a father, and a mother whose dueling skills are renowned across Thea, I have quite a bit to live up to. Nothing made this more clear than my parents' obvious adoration of Bastian. Today I call him brother, but when my mother first took him into our home for training, I admit my jealousy of his easy demeanor and obvious skill with the weapon. It was this skill that cemented us as a team, working for our respective societies. For the first time, he has taken me away from my home country, on a path that may lead me to the fabled 13th rune, and with it, the immortality of my name. Ahoy, I am Captain Kirill Tikvintimovich, strongest man in there. <laughs> you believe? <laughs> Maybe strongest, who is to say? My past is unimportant. Now, I am captain of the iceberg. She is a very good vessel, silent as the grave, and sturdy enough to sail in dangerous waters others won't follow. Excellent for smuggling. I make certain modifications myself after I steal her from Atabian Trading Company, not Kill's biggest fans. About two years ago, I am finding stowaway. Uh, who is nephew of Vodachi Merchant Prince, a man who hires me to smuggle relics. The boy is young, but sharp as tattoo needle. He pays Kirill well to pocket artifacts he likes uh, before they are reaching uncle, and so we are in business. However, coin is not enough. Everyone I am allowed to sailing on the iceberg has their uses. <laughs> Matteo di Caligari, at your service. You may have heard of me. 
Certainly my uncle is a merchant prince of Odachi, but I am constructing a legacy of my own as a renowned archaeologist for the Explorer's Society. Ever since I was a boy, I have loved to watch my uncle's smugglers deliver ancient artifacts from all over the world. As I matured, I loved even more to skim a few off the top for my own personal study. At 13, my uncle took notice of my mental, if not material, acquisitiveness and sent me to University and Lyceum in Castile, from which I graduated in a prodigious two years, making only minimal enemies in the process. After the completion of my studies, instead of returning home on Capitano Kirill's vessel, I stowed away to sail straight to the source of my desires, the occult ruins of the mysterious Sirneth. By age 16, our mutually profitable arrangement brought us to Vestin Menavignar, where the Explorer Society connected us with the duelist Bastian, the Vala Skald Gudbrand, and a lead that would change the course of our fates forever. The last time we left our heroes, they had narrowly escaped on a river barge that formerly belonged to the Bernoulli family. After attending the auction of the second icon, they followed it and Giovanni Bernoulli's minions to uh, the river barge, which they proceeded to taunt all of his forces off in Operation Black Ice 2. The icing. <laughs> <laughs> With his mighty user and strength, Kira was able to give the boat enough speed to travel downriver. However, just as they were about out of sight, Vivia, Giovanni's page, used a sorcery to pull Isabel from the boat into the river, just as uh, as the carriage with Giovanni in it faded from sight. What do you do? Isabel! I go running to the back of the ship to dive into the river. Bastian, no, no, Bastian, no, we have to escape. Come on. Out of the way, good brand. I catch him by the collar and, and pull him back before he can uh, dive off of the ship. No, we have to go. Bastian, there is nothing to be gained by this, and I will explain this to you later. But you must trust me for now. She can take care of herself, Bastian. I, I struggle against Gubran, uh, and and then when Captain when Captain Kiro comes and puts his hand on my shoulder, I give up on on trying to force my way to the back of the ship. I, I look around. I go, "Why do you say it is not worth it? We she is worth it." That is not what I meant, Bastian. We will have our chance to rescue Isabel, but now is not the time. Right now, we need to get below decks and find that steward of Bernoulli's. Uh, I look to the back. Are, are we going around the bend? Do I see, does Isabel's head pop up above the water? Yes. And uh, you actually see um, Paolo swimming over to her. I grit my teeth. I put my hand on, on my swords. And I go, where is this steward? With me. And um, we go uh, into the barge and below decks, where I believe we saw the, uh, the old man dip down. As the others uh, go below decks to find the steward, Gudrun stays uh, at the helm, at the tiller, to uh, steer the ship downstream. Okay. The rest of you head down the stairs? Uh, yes. Yeah. You head down the stairs. Uh, it's, a, it's a hallway that runs the length of the barge. There doesn't seem to be a, a lower level with um, uh, for, for storage or, or baggage or anything like that. Uh, there are oak paneled doors um, going uh, running basically the length. And, and these are probably uh, generally used as passion passenger rooms. There is a door, of course, at the end as well. Where is the nearest door? 
I kick it open. Sure, you kick the door open, and uh, oh, I'm trying to sleep it. <gasps> crap, crap! Wake up, wake up! Uh, <laughs> they found us. I told you they were coming for us. Lockham, what are you talking about? This is our new home. <laughs> <laughs> what if I offer you double? <gasps> Uh, and the pitter-patter of tiny little child feet runs and uh, attacks both of your legs, oh. uh, Captain Kirill, as, as you've... Are you two all right? Oh, sure. It was... We just, you know, went through, like, a thing, and then it was, like, really dark, and they were like, oh, you're bad. And we were like, we're sorry. What should we do? And they were like, pray. And we were like, okay. And then we did, and then we found this other man, and he was like, I need two people. And we were like, well, well we are two people. Would you like us? We're for sale. And then, and then... What happened after that is that he bought us. And so he brought us here. <laughs> and then we were just here with with the old man. Where is this old man now? Oh, I don't know. We usually get to sleep at night mostly. So we were sleeping. Well, it appears that the icon is not the only treasure aboard this barge. Oh. Wait, there's treasure upon this barge? I told you we was important. <laughs> no, no, he's talking about like gold or something. Oh, I thought he was talking about us. No, don't be silly. <laughs> I, I wink at Larkham. <laughs> <gasps> he winked at me. What does it mean? I don't know. Ask him. He's right there. But what if it means something secret? Then you've given it away. I've already begun just like uh, casually opening every door in this hallway. All right, you two, get some rest. It is a long trip back to the iceberg. <laughs> just like, uh, me scusi. Me scusi. <laughs> uh, you uh, check all the doors uh, until you come to the door at the end of the hall. As you hear the the chattering of tiny children uh, trail off as, I get the top bunk now, we're trading. It wasn't a whole night. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Kirill just whoop, shuts the door. <laughs> uh, you come to the door at the end of the hall. You open the door in, in the most polite way possible. And um, the old man that you saw from before at the auction holding uh, what looks like an ornamental sword pointing like and pointing it at you don't come any closer oh there is no need for that are you sure you want to challenge me bastian corazon the sword of castile <laughs> oh as i as i flip my lapel to reveal my <laughs> father's uh, sword of castile pin and uh and kind of heft my my dress sword to single combat i think we can dispense with all of that and you can just surrender peacefully and no harm will come to you Aren't you the Caligari boy? He is, I say as I walk in and disarm the man effortlessly. Oh. I collect his blade and I go and I, I lean against the wall next to Matteo. Uh, uh, do you mind if I sit here? And it's next. It's, a, it's, it's the only chair in the room, which is behind a, a desk. Ah, sit anywhere you like. Uh, we are looking for something. Uh, a package, I believe, that was left with you. You say he's sitting behind the desk? Yeah. I walk around so that I'm leaning against the wall behind the desk behind sure. him. Good. That's what I, I thought you might be looking for. It. That's why I put it in here. I and watch wherever he's reaching. He reaches down to a desk, the bottom right desk drawer, uh, and, and uh, 
produces a, a tiny key and unlocks it, uh, and he pulls it out, and um, inside is a parcel. Well, it was very kind of you to keep it safe for us. Well, I'd be lying if I said that it was for you, but... <laughs> well, I wouldn't want you to lie. Your name, sir? Aurelio. Aurelio. And uh, how loyal would you say you are to Giovanni Bernoulli? If I say very loyal, I imagine I'm dead. Well, so, not that loyal. <laughs> <laughs> Magnificent. And uh, I, I put a, a bag of wealth on the desk and like, you work for me now. Okay. Brilliant. I suppose you don't mind if we uh, take you under consideration for the crew of the iceberg. What's that? I, I assume a ship, but... A Caligari I'm... smuggling ship, to be precise. Oh, Vodaji. Sure. <laughs> ah, it's just a little bit of business between merchant princes, after all. I suppose I'm a commodity as well. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yes, that's what I just said. I reach down into the drawer and I grab the parcel and I slap it onto the table. Oh, gentle, gentle, Bastian. <laughs> Let's get this over with. Ah, yes. I, would, I feel remiss to do this without Goodbrand in the room. I will leave him upon deck. Maybe we can send the children. <laughs> All right, I'm sure they will be happy for something to do. I will show them how to uh, work the helm and be back down shortly. Uh, you do. They've actually had to do it once or twice before. Uh, Bren is a good teacher, and uh, it doesn't take long before you can return with good Bren. And you said you found them here on the ship? On the barge? Yes, they were just in a cargo hold, sleeping. I don't believe it. Oh, it is... A sort of luck. <laughs> what is this here? Is this the icon? Uh, so I've unwrapped, I've unwrapped the package, and uh, as soon as you enter, uh, I toss you the Vestin icon, and um, I hold up the, the Numa one. Is it the Vestin icon inside this parcel, or have we been hoodwinked? Uh, no, it, it is, in fact, the Vestin icon. Excellent. Or a very convincing replica. <laughs> <laughs> Aurelio, be aware, you are about to witness history. Uh, what do you say, good brand? Shall we discover the truth of the pair's promise? I am ready if you are. What do we do? Do we make them kiss? Or <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's in the, the base. We touch the bases together. Yeah, there was like a, uh, an area where the, f the first one sort of slid onto the wall. That is right. And uh, the second one fit on a plinth, like on, on a plinth. And so they actually, those, those bits fit together uh, and it becomes one larger block. A good friend and I fit them together. Sure. And as you do, there's sort of like a, a loud hum as the, the Vestin one turns that uh, bright bluish purple color and the Numa one turns that like reddish orange color uh, and they sort of meet in the middle and uh, there's a there's a like a... Um, as this like bright green light forces everyone in the room uh, back. Uh, Aurelio's chair like tips over. Ah! <laughs> and uh, is it supposed to do that? The icon uh, drops within an inch of the floorboards and then begins to float there. And out of the top uh, is a projection, like a ghost of a, a woman in in uh, traditional like old Vestin garb. And uh, with like a, a hood and um, a long blonde uh, braid and for boots. Uh, and she begins to speak in uh, in Futhark, in like old Vestin. Uh, and uh, the actual runes are flowing from her mouth in this like greenish light that has like now pervaded the room. 
like music notes. Uh, first, touching Goop Brand's forehead uh, and um, the paint that he usually wears but had washed away for the um, auction is now there again with this um, emerald glow. Uh, and Good Brand, you now have an additional sorcery and a new futhark, um, the fabled for, uh, the fabled thirteenth rune. <gasps> <laughs> I'm gonna pass you this note, which details what exactly the thirteenth rune is, and um, you can share it with the group as you see fit. Then the runes flow and bob and touch Kirill's uh, knuckles and illuminate his hands, traveling up um, the veins in his arms, and uh, that that all begins to also glow with this like ethereal emerald light. And Kirill, you are now stronger and more able-bodied than ever before. Uh, and you have your fifth point in brawn. Well. And then uh, the runes float over to Mateo and they touch his chest and sink in and his chest begins to um, emanate the green light as well. Uh, and Mateo, you have the Asher Nation Sorcery, Nawaru, uh, the Turo's Glittering mirage and spark of intuition. That's fucking dope. <laughs> then the runes begin to bob and dance towards Bastion. And the runes uh, settle on Bastion's eyes. And for him, for just a moment, everything goes dark. And then his eyes begin to glow with that same um, beautiful emerald light. Bastion, you feel your senses heightening and have like a keen sense of everything around you, even in the darkest uh, corners of the room. You can sense what lingers there. Um, and you now have the advantage uh, beyond sight. And then finally, the runes make uh, their final turn uh, and dance down behind the desk where Aurelio is. Um, and they brush his ears and rest on his lips. Uh, and uh, the glow that comes from Aurelio is um, similar to the projection of the woman um, coming from the two stones. And uh, all of this happens in the span of a moment. Um, the Futhark... Uh, the woman is speaking, fades away into a silence before uh, the runes rush back into the woman, um, who you now all understand is certainly Ekarilla herself. And she speaks perfectly to each of you in your own language simultaneously. Uh, and she says, I have kept this sacred rune safe, and now the memory of it lies in you. I can finally find my rest. Uh, and she has this momentary look of relief on her face before she sort of like fades back into the blocks um, from which she was like projecting, um, which then um, the blocks separate and clatter to the floor. What was that? <laughs> uh, Aurelio sort of like rolls out of the overturned chair and, and like slowly gets to his feet. Aurelio, you have not only been witness to history, you are the direct benefactor of it. That was Ecarilla of the 13th rune. 
Uh, I see. Gudrun's mind is is uh, just blown by this. Um, not only uh, has he been gifted with the 13th room, but is not at all what he was expecting. He, he thought that he would get to speak with the gods and uh, change his fate or, or make, make his name immortal. And so as, uh, as thrilled as he is, he's, uh, he's been given a power that he was not expecting and, and does not yet uh, understand. Uh, so he, he has left the room pretty much immediately and uh, goes up on deck. While Akarila, while she was speaking, I saw my father. I saw an old man on a mountain, and I must ask him something. Uh, and uh, I close my eyes, and uh, I will spend a hero point to use a spark of intuition. And I ask, what do we do now? Where do we go? What remains for us? You get a picture in your mind of a vaulted underground passage with skulls and bones pressed into the mud and clay of the walls. Uh, you feel as if it's not that far from here. The Charu's catacombs? Yep. Okay. So uh, I, I see that uh, vision and I, and I open my eyes and I'm like, the catacombs. The catacombs beneath Charu's. We have to go back. <laughs> Where does everyone always want to go back to Charu's? <laughs> Passion. You don't have to tell me twice. The key here is, no matter where we go, Bernoulli will follow us. What we have, he wants, regardless of the fact that we have, it appears, taken it upon ourselves. Uh, his entourage, they will come after us, and they will bring Isabel with them. We will have another chance to rescue her. Do we know if this, if this magic can be accessed again? Kiro attempts to put the two halves of the idol back together again. It seems you can't touch the blocks. Like, they're, they're too hot to touch. But they're not glowing or anything. Yeah. It's just when you reach out to touch them, they are too hot to touch. Akarila mm. herself said now she went to rest and that her word lies with us now. If the icons are, are worthless, we can trade them to Bernoulli for the life of Isobel. He will take that trade and it will not be of any value to him. What I have said is only conjecture and I am not sure it is worth putting these into his hands. What are we expecting to find in catacombs? I don't know. All I know is that is where we must go. Was there more to palm? Behind the lock, all hopes contained, the secret word within domained. Is that not the, the room we just... That... Yes, that would make sense. Then we are sailing uh, blind. <laughs> yes, we go on faith alone. Then to the catacombs we go. If Giovanni wants to follow us, let him. Uh, so be it. But we can't take the, the icon with us. Can we? Am I able to bundle it in cloth or burlap or something? Yeah, yeah. You could probably hold them in some sort of bag where you weren't touching them. They're certainly not burning the desk. Okay, yes, we, we do this. Who would like pieces? Well, Goodrun is not here. Good, Goodrun right? has Goodrun. returned. Has, he, he's taken a moment and he has uh, returned to the door. Uh, Goodrun, good to have you back. I must. I simply must have your thoughts on what has just happened. Ekarela, uh, there's something about uh, this rune that has uh, trapped her within these uh, these artifacts, and uh, I believe her spirit has gone to rest forever. But that I don't think that means that uh, these artifacts are now useless. Um, she has imbued us with a gift and uh we it is our responsibility to um to use these gifts to better the world i do not know what just happened but what you have said before in the past good brand about this magic being 
an incredible responsibility and powers that should not be taken lightly and beginning to understand. We, we have been brought together by the Futark, and our journey is not yet over. I will head up on deck and make sure Lockman Grip have not crashed the barge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are on either side of the helm, pushing it back and forth as they're fighting over whose who's turn it is to break. Um, I just pushed it for a really long time. It's your choice now. You get to decide the direction we go. I don't want to anymore. I just did it right before you. It's You'll still have to go now. No, it's my break. I have 15 whole minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of you is grip? Me. I knew that. You are in charge. Hooray! See, I told you I was in charge. That's why I get 15 minutes. I'm management. <laughs> yeah, but for now, Kiro will take him. Thank you. Aye, aye, Captain. Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> I know I surface to the to to the top of the barge. I'll follow. Um, I will stay with your man. Uh, uh, okay. Ca- <laughs> ca- Capitano, take us uh, take us to um, a thoroughfare. We need to get to. Well, we need to get to Amboise's uh, uh, house of all places. I think it will just uh, take us to the side of the river and we can make our way back on foot. Oh, that's uh, perfect. It will be easier than being towed up river and uh, we probably don't want the Bernoulli crest to uh, announce well, our arrival. Are there any um, lifeboats on the barge? I mean, we could just let it continue floating downstream. We shouldn't oh. be doing the Bernoullis any favors. They don't. We, we, we shouldn't be bringing their barge to a place where they can get back to it. <laughs> I like this well, plan. Do we have a getaway craft if we need to get away? Poking holes in everything, Matteo. I'm sorry. Just trying I to apologize. have some fun. That's fine. Me scusi. <laughs> I help the old man onto the deck. <laughs> what exactly is it you did for Bernoulli? I'm a tactician. Uh, we have one of those ourselves. <laughs> Great, but um, you know you're heading away from the place that you want to go. Uh, It's upstream. Well, I mean, that's harder to achieve, but what do you mean? Well, you said you wanted to go to the catacombs, right? You're talking about the Cernith ones under the the city, no? That's right. What do you know about it? That they're under the city. Do you know where the entrance is? No. Can I tell whether or not he's lying? (laughs) Uh, Maybe he's he's a little shifty. (laughs) But seriously, why are you going down there? We are not. Hold tight. Kiro <laughs> uh, brings this barge about. You Tokyo drift into a parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Where, what is our plan? Where are we going? We're going to Amboise's house. If there's anyone who knows the location of the Sirnith catacombs underneath Charus, it would be Amboise and Caroline. This is an excellent point. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I Shut have... up already. <laughs> Nobody asked you. I am the tactician here now. <laughs> sure, go ahead. I have a Luckham and Grip assist in covering barge with uh, palm fronds or uh, other shrubbery uh, in this uh, inlet we have uh, parallel parked perfectly <laughs> on the first try. Oh, it's so good at sailing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so that, yes, if uh, if need be, we can make our way back down to it. Uh, it is a short uh, trip from the city. And we have the icons in a bag, yes? Uh, uh, two separate uh, bags, I believe. Yes, sure. that is correct. I have one of them. Let us go. Are you taking Lockham and Grep and Aurelio with you? 
Absolutely. Yes. 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 Yeah, let's take Aurelio. <laughs> I'm definitely not leaving him behind. I'm I not sure yet what to do with him. He works for me now. I gave him money and he took it. I will carry him on my shoulder. <laughs> I'll take Luckham and Grep. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> I tell each of them separately, uh, if you are quiet the whole way back, you'll get to be in charge. <laughs> I thought I was in charge already. You get to remain in charge. It's, it's oh, a, it's a, it's a merit-based system. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Brenna has been putting ideas in your head, I think. <laughs> you guys are a sight to see as you walk through the city. <laughs> Luckily, it's pretty late at night. As, uh, as soon as you enter the city, you kind of take a left. So you're uh, not walking along the river. That way... Uh, you won't be seen from uh, your last known uh, whereabouts. The The streets of Shiruz are not exactly user-friendly. Uh, luckily, uh, the the two of you, uh, Gutbrand and Mateo, putting your heads together, uh, you figure out generally where uh, Amboise's house and, and have uh, no trouble getting there. I don't understand. Why isn't it on a grid? I it's I some some crazy bastard must have designed this city. <laughs> it is not so bad. It only took us until uh, both hands pointing up. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get that watch, Carol? It is nothing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the time for scolding is later, apparently. <laughs> so you arrive at Amboise's house just at the time when the hands are pointing up. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's another, like, chateau. It's a very large house. And uh, with, a, with a gate in front. Um, the gate is open, however, and you're free to... Walk up to the door. Which we do. Is there a bell or a knocker? Uh, there's a knocker. Uh, yeah, the the door is opened by an elderly woman who uh, inquires as to your purpose. Bonsoir. Matteo di Caligari, a friend of Amboise. Is he home? She looks at you kind of weirdly and, and tells you uh, to st- stay here uh she'll she'll go get him and uh he comes down in a, in uh basically a nightshirt in his like sleeping clothes uh bon, bonsoir uh mateo what are you doing here amboise mm. we need your help amboise there you go that wasn't so hard now was, was it extremely hard <laughs> he has a big smile on his face <laughs> of course uh please Come in. Uh, I rush through, through his door and like immediately begin. A legend, of course, is uh, it, it tells of the Sirneth ruins beneath the the catacombs of Sharuz, and uh, of course, I have studied them <laughs> in exquisite detail in my time at university. However, I don't believe any of the texts ever mentioned the entrance to such catacombs. <laughs> he says, um, uh, "Of course." Uh, they are supposed to be quite secret except for uh, from the cemetery. But uh, based on my readings, I believe that, um, that there are a few other entrances. Actually, I was uh, discussing it uh, with Caroline uh, this, uh, this evening. Um, she is actually very well versed in, in the, the catacombs. Uh, oh, is she here too? Yes, after her ex- escort left uh, the the auction. It only was uh, polite to uh, escort her here where it would be safe. Politeness, I'm sure. 
uh, Marguerite, would you uh, mind going and, and fetching Mademoiselle Nissoire? She's uh, a very sound sleeper. <laughs> Uh, and uh, the the old woman who answered the door, who had been cor- kind of lurking uh, at the door, uh, says, uh, of course, and, and goes upstairs. And, and a few minutes later, uh, Caroline comes down. Oh, hello, everyone. Uh, it is a surprise to see you. Uh, a, a good one. What, uh, you have brought friends. Where is Isabelle? Uh, we are looking for her, actually, uh, and we think the best place to find her is in the, uh, catacombs beneath Charouz. We just need to find out how to get in. Uh, she, she takes a deep breath and you could probably guess quelling a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, uh, I imagine, uh, time is of the essence. Yes. You're correct. Okay. Ambrose, do you have a, have a map? Of uh, of Charouz, of course I do. That is a uh, magnifique. Uh, could you bring it, please? Of course. He he uh, brings it over. Uh, uh, she does a bit of like basically it looks like like trigonometry mm-hmm. um, on the map and shows you. Uh, I think that um, the closest place to here is uh, beneath the cathedral. Um, I, I think that is uh, the rectory is, is an entrance. Um, otherwise, uh, there looks to be one here uh, in the park uh, and here in the, uh, in the uh, business district. But that is uh, very far. This is uh, extremely, extremely helpful, Karine. We are in your debt. Uh, maybe borrow this map, Amboise. He looks over to... Uh, Caroline, who looks expectantly at him, and but of course, <laughs> as collateral, I offer you these uh, two young servants. Uh, they are members of my crew. They will serve you well. Hello, hi. Oh, I am. Uh, no collateral is necessary. Um, well, no, please. I we insist. insist. Yes. <laughs> uh, hello, chil- children. Do you, do you eat? Do you... <laughs> and was you are a natural. Oh, I really like apples. Do you have apples? I really like apples too, but better than her. <laughs> I will uh, uh, pull Gubran off to the side while the kids are making a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What are we going to do with the, with this uh, old man, Aurelio? I believe he knows more than he is letting on. Oh, I agree. And I don't think uh, he should be perhaps wandering the streets where he could warn our enemies of our plans. I also don't like bringing him along and giving him a chance to uh, to ambush us or, or betray us at the uh, inopportune moment. Well, we can't very well leave him tied up on the street. Um... My thought was maybe we could uh, uh, use your galder. Make him uh, speak truth and see what what uh, he is plotting, if anything. Yes, I think this is a, a worthy moment to uh, to use the galder. Uh, let us uh, let's, let's take him outside. Yes, I will. Uh, I will go and be like uh, Aurelio. Come with me, please. Where are we going? Outside to have a chat. Well, that doesn't sound ominous at all. <laughs> <laughs> Ever the tactician, Aurelio. <laughs> uh, and uh, he slowly hobbles outside with you. Um, on my slate, I uh, draw the Galder for light, both the Stort and the Letet Marca, which means that uh, once once broken, uh, Aurelio can 
only speak the truth. He will know when anybody is lying, and uh, if he so chooses, he can immediately take an action using notice or empathy. Okay. I, I draw it on my slate and uh, immediately wipe it clean. The the familiar sort of like like clear shockwave happens. It's hardly noticeable. What do you know about the catacombs where we are going? I know they're dangerous. I know that there's vagabonds and and gangs and secret societies that, that make their home down there. And what there's the- a rumor that Nova Ordus Mundi also has a, a layer down there. Of course, nobody's ever been able to find it. And then, of course, there's also supposed to be Serenith ruins, which I've never found, but I've also rarely spent time down there. So... And what do you know of the Bernoulli's plans underneath these catacombs? I imagine he's trying to get these stones so he can open whatever door he thinks is down there. The uh, the icons? These icons, I say, holding up one of the bags? Yes, I imagine so. And your loyalties, are they so easily bought by Matteo? Or are you planning on making uh, making a move against us when you get the opportunity? I'm biding my time to see who comes out on top. Fodachi to the core. <laughs> I raise my eyebrows. I look at uh, <laughs> I look at Google Brand and I go, that's actually good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have full confidence in us. Uh, and honestly, even if we lose, what could this man do? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Spitting hot truths. Wow. I was about to talk about how you should not underestimate the elderly, but really, you truly believe you can do nothing? In this body? No, there's no way I could do anything anymore. Let's get him some tea and a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're not bringing me with you? That seems like a mistake. Why do you say that? I mean, I've been down there before. You could guide us to the door? No, I can tell you all the places not to go. <laughs> that is very useful, especially since none of us have been down there. Exactly. That's why I'm the tactician. Uh, let's get you back inside, old timer. I help him back inside. It's sure. going to be slow going in the catacombs. <laughs> and that's why we have a Kirill. <laughs> so while they were while they were uh, out there, I have taken the map and uh, I've started staring at it and I've uh, begun waiting for something. <laughs> and I spend the hero point meditating on all of the possibilities um, of uh, exploring these catacombs and facing the and facing Bernoulli and his men. As we walk back in, uh, I. I say, are we ready to go? Oh, um, yes. Yeah, I'm uh, ready. Did you fall asleep already? No, I was thinking. <laughs> Let us go. I lean in close to Amboise and say, thank you. We will be back soon. Uh, and what am I supposed to do if you are not? Au revoir. Are you kidding? Wait, no, come back. Do not walk out the door. I will have you as a, contributing, <laughs> uh, uh, as a contributing author on my world-changing paper. The door slams. <laughs> Do you like games? <laughs> uh, are you going through the cathedral or are you going to was the, the cathedral the, park? the closest? Yeah, the cathedral was the closest. What is the second closest? Uh, the, park. the park. The park is probably less uh, guarded, I would imagine. Much less sure. conspicuous, yes. Yes, I imagine they will come upon the barge and then maybe not be able to track us from there. So we buy ourselves a little bit of time. And they don't have a tactician. <laughs> and we have two. <laughs> uh, is Aurelio asleep on your back, Kiru? 
I don't know, but there's something wet dripping down. <laughs> it's very comfortable. We'll wake him when we we'll get to the catacombs. We'll wake him when we get to the catacombs. This is probably for the best, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> we go to the park, as marked on the map. So she showed you kind of where in the park the entrance may lie. Uh, but there's not like a, an exact, like, go to this statue, find a of course. find an entrance. Um, it takes you a little... One of the hands is almost like at a weird angle <laughs> uh, on Carol's watch. Um, like Why are there two? There are only 12 numbers. <laughs> Before you find uh, a grate in the bottom of a statue that's sort of like overgrown in the back. Um, and you can lift it away and... Uh, and it, it's it's like uh, someone weaved those vines there uh, in order to hide it. Uh, because you were looking for it and kind of had, like, all the time in the world to do so, you found it. It, it wasn't that well hidden. And uh, it looks like there's a, a short drop into the catacombs. Down the hatch, Mateo jumps. Uh, I will follow. <laughs> uh, uh, good brand. Uh, heads up. And they throw uh, Aurelio down the, down the hole. So I have a way to wake up, I say, jumping down the hole. Ah. (laughs) I almost drop him, but I don't. Okay. I'd appreciate it if you put me down now. Are you going to be able to walk at the... Are you going to be able to keep up? Are you? Uh, Oh, good brand. He stepped to you. He got me. (laughs) The great swing shut above you, uh, into the back of the statue, and um, it's very dark down here. I will light a torch. Okay. And I will stand in front. This brings back the good old days. <laughs> Remember Vestin Menavinia? Remember Numa? I no. turn around and I look at Matteo and I go, Isabel's life is in danger. Yes, let's get going. <laughs> Don't touch anything. <laughs> I can't help but smile at Matteo when that happens. And uh, Aurelio goes walking out in front of you with his, like, cane. You keeping up? I'm right here. <laughs> we're, we're all crowded right behind him. No, no, no. Uh, you got to slow down. We follow Aurelio. Uh, it's not as slow as as a, a like a an elderly person with a walker or anything like that. But uh, he's still a, an old older dude, uh, and uh, he's he, he he like sniffs down a hall and goes, "No, that's not it." Mm-hmm. 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 Mumbles to himself for a very long time. Are are you keeping track of where we're going? Yes, I have a mental map. Oh, good. It's actually like pretty creepy down here. You were under the city in Nikiamara with like the weird intact skeletons and like divots uh, in in the ground. This is um, basically a burial chamber. Just one huge one. Is even though it's a hallway. They've used every available space to, like, inter bones literally into the wall by packing them into the clay. Um, so the walls are made up of the skeletons of the, of the past. And uh, eventually, Aurelio leads you to uh, a round room domed at the top, uh, all, all the way around, like as if you were at the top of a turret um, with, a round, like, a round roof. Uh, and uh, there's um, grates in set into the wall about every four or five feet and they've got uh plaques on them and then there's a a drain in the middle of the in the room and he stamps on it and goes down here what is down there 
It's where you want to go. How is how wide is the drain? It's like a three feet, three and a half feet in diameter. It will be a tight fit. I think I manage. Can we lift the grate up and and can we see what's down? How far of a drop is it? Uh, there's a ladder. Okay. Um, once you lift the grate up, you see there's like um, a ladder built into the the clay walls. Ah, we are meant to go down here. It seems. Uh, Bastian, would you like to uh, bring up the rear since you have the torch? Uh, cast the light down as we as we descend. Sure. Uh, Aurelio, is this where you le- part ways with us and see who comes out on top? You're going to leave me in the dark? I no, Aurelio care. comes with us. <laughs> he, is, he has proven a boon companion so far. Uh, it is very tight fit, but I take Aurelio under arm and use other arm to slowly climb down ladder. Hopefully it widens a little after initial uh, opening. Uh, it does. While we are here, uh, a moment to discuss tactics. Should Bernoulli follow us? And uh, confront us again. The point remains, alchemist first. That page that he had, the girl, uh, she is a sorte strega, but she is not to be harmed. What she is doing is not of her own volition. It re- they rarely are. How can you know that for sure? This is the way in Vodachi. The, the strega, they do not have rights. Can we stop her without harming her? I can stop her without harming her. You have the sleeping draft, yes? Yes, and uh, uh, I, I have some tricks up my sleeves. <laughs> How did I ever manage without a wizard? <laughs> then, good brand, we leave the strega to you. Uh, I continue climbing down ladder. I take up the rear sure. on the way down. As you descend, uh, it definitely gets wetter and colder as you go. Uh, you know, there's sort of like drips uh, of being underwater, and the... Uh, Walls uh, eventually turn to stone versus um, the the catacombs uh, area, which was mostly clay inset with with bones. Um, this looks different. The sto- stones are large, hewn, and they were either built by hundreds of human hands or, alternatively, dozens of very large hands. Yes, you get the feeling this might be sort of the entrance to the Cernith ruins. This is as far as I know, though. We're going to have to figure it out together from here. That's all right. I think I will take the lead from here. Now, everyone, don't touch anything. (laughs) I already said that. Yes, but it still applies now that we are in a different part of the catacomb. Did you forget that I said that? No, I said it now. It's a different dictum. In any case, I said with Matteo, it bears repeating. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you guys move forward a little bit more slowly now that your guide is Matteo. And as you move forward, there's um, a large number of traps and other sorts of things that you would pretty much having been in now many Cernith ruins uh, would expect, uh, but they've all been um, undone. They've all, they've all been uh, picked or disarmed. Uh, disarmed or basically they, they're, they're no obstacle to you. The, the hallways are um, also pretty much dust free. It looks like this is a relatively active place or has some sort of magic keeping it dust free. But you think probably active. Yes, it is a ruin underneath a big city. It is, is well trafficked <laughs> as ruins go. Aurelio, why have you said uh, you have not gone this far before? What stopped you? Mostly the climb. <laughs> well, we're glad you found the fortitude to make it. 
Me too. Perhaps we should keep moving, Matteo. Well said. Uh, so you guys uh, move forward, uh, and there are sort of like more signs of life as you go. Maybe like a left tin cup um, or a broken arrow shaft. They will begin to listen intently as well. Are, is our torch still the only light here? Uh, as far as you can see, yes. Okay. Uh, so you actually come to a point where uh, the floor stops. Uh, there's a, a wide gap, um, maybe like 30 feet, a chasm, basically. Uh, and on the other side is an encampment. An active encampment? Yes. There's uh, lights and um, a few tents. Uh, as soon as we see this, I recommend I uh, Bastion to put I out do. that fire. Yes, yes. I, I, as soon as I see that, I, I put out the torch. Do I recognize anybody on the other side? Uh, you do. You you uh, see Jeanette and Vivia and Paolo and uh, Giovanni uh, and a number of other guards that you hurt but did not dispatch throughout your encounters with uh, the Bernoullis. It seems the encampment is right up against a pit, like a, a, a set of large double doors um, that are have uh, beautiful stonework and um, good brand you see um, the the etchings are absolutely uh, in Cernith, no question. And uh, what do they say? It says um, the tomb of Ecarilla. Mm. Are there uh, noises from the encampment? Are they talking or? Uh... Yeah, there's there's no uh, sort of rush at as at least as far as you can tell. Like there's no like there's no there's been no alarm or anything like that. Okay, but if I kick this stone down the uh, chasm in front of us, it will not break the silence and give away our position, perhaps. Depending on what's at the bottom of this chasm. Yeah. <laughs> Even without the tactician, they have got us in a choke point. Behind them lies our destiny. We must go through them. I nudge very small rock over edge of chasm and listen for bottom. It sounds like it sort of bounced around for a while. Uh, and then there was a, a significant drop and then uh, it hit the bottom. Maybe I am tactician too. I think we need to go over. <laughs> uh, is there I look up and around is there any sort of handhold or or even runes I could direct my more scholarly uh, companions to yes perhaps uh, a place where a door though obviously not apparent could be also how wide is this or is it still very thin like a hallway uh no it's it's a uh, it it uh opened up to a, a much larger um cavern you you dampened the light so that you can't actually see into the shadows to where where the cavern might end or if you might uh, be able to sort of edge around but it does look like the stone nearby you uh could serve as like a ledge to edge 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 along i don't know if all of us can make that path certainly uh, not the Raleo. <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs> no like markings where like a door would be or something Along those lines? Uh, no, hmm. uh, not that you can see. By your professional archaeologist opinion, the Cernith just jumped. Yeah. Sure. This is a step for them. Sure. This that is a puddle. Uh, this was this was to, to stop Humans. small people. Smaller folk. <laughs> Perhaps like she or or humans. 
And observing the camp, is there like some like a rope bridge that they have cut down or anything along those lines? Like another another path they may have they may get to that place. I, I'd like to try and discern how they made it to where they made camp, as they are the same size as us. You kind of lean out uh, to see what you can along the edge. Um, to the left and to the right. And you think you might see like a, a divot not too far from where your entrance is uh, to, to the right of you um, sort of set in as if like another path comes uh, and, and, and terminates here. Um, and swinging out to the other side, you see the same thing. Um, so you think that there must be some sort of mechanism for crossing. You don't see anything on their part, but if there had been a rope bridge that they had somehow disconnected, um, they might have rolled it up and put it in a tent. I think if I go on this edge, I can I can get a better uh, idea of what is over there. I see a couple divots not too far from here. It's not too hard of a, a maneuver for me to get there. Yes. Uh, no, it's not that. It's not that difficult. Right. Yes. Uh, just just wait here for one moment. And Even so, brother, be careful. Of course. And I I I shimmy. So are you uh, shimmying with your back to the wall uh, facing out or are you sort of like like rock climbing? I think I'm more rock, rock climbing. Yes, I put my back uh, towards the camp and, and uh, the, the little ledge is lower from us or I lower myself down to the ledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I, I shimmy to the left. Yeah, uh, actually, as you drop down uh, and, and move a little to uh, the left, your foot actually hits like a like a an inset portion in the wall about six feet below the entryway uh, where, where the rest of uh, your group is standing. Uh, it, it feels square and flat. Okay. Uh, but it is too dark for me to see exactly what is going on. Yes. Uh, yeah. Without lighting a torch to, to take a look. I will, uh, I will close my eyes mm-hmm. uh, and uh, activate uh, the advantage beyond sight. This is very strange, but this feels like the right thing to do. And I will just, I will just listen and, and try to get an image of my surroundings. Uh, yeah. So, um, as, uh, as you do, you get like the mental picture of the space that you're in, uh, fills out immediately. Um, you see that this cavern goes for like a hundred meters, um, before it, it turns around and, uh, the only, uh, entrances are in fact the ones um, on this wall on the entrance at your entrances uh, you feel like there's enough handholds and ledges that you could you could definitely and probably Kirill as well easily make it around um, and then everyone else uh, would probably be okay except for maybe Aurelio <laughs> um, though uh, Mateo would probably need some help but then you um, go to like move back up a little bit uh and you f- you feel around with your your foot in in the the box where your uh uh where it's resting right now and it feels like they're like handles or or maybe like levers or um something inset into this like lower part of the wall um that that perhaps you could like grab or, or manipulate if you if i dare I do. <laughs> I both grab and manipulate. Breaking the don't touch anything rule. Uh, sure. You sort of feel around with your toes uh, inside of your leather boot and uh, 
and you you kind of hook your 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 ankle in a weird way, like balancing on on your left foot, uh, using the handholds as well to balance you, and you kind of pull, and there's a uh, as you do on either side of you. There's a a whooshing sound as two large stones sort of like fly up into place on either side of you, uh, on either side of the the walkway uh, above your head, um, missing you by just inches on either side. Um, And uh, the stones run across the chasm. Uh, And then when they they kind of lock into place up there with some unseen mechanism, they they then fold down. And make a about a four foot wide footbridge. Best you all know you're okay down there. Uh, yes, I believe I found something. <laughs> <laughs> Good it's, work. Come up. It must have been a mechanism for the Sirneth to create a bridge. Uh, how is the camp responding to the loud whoosh and clunk of? There's a bridge. There's a bridge. There is a bridge. 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 <laughs> Um, there's, uh, certainly an alarm going, uh, people are, are moving about as, as the camp spurs itself to action and you guys get ready to go across. That's where we'll end our session. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions, all rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by John Wick Presents. 7C is a trademark of John Wick Presents. For more information, go to www.johnwickpresents.com.